Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly. Thanks for listening to Cyber Law and Business Report. Before you take a recess to hear the latest internet law news and commentary, you are hereby ordered to download the Webmaster Radio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Okay. Maybe not ordered, but why not? You can listen live to my show and all our show hosts every day on our live stream or download past episodes with ease. So download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes store or in the Google Play store. It's an open and shut case. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from... The sunny um, Southern California shores of the Internet Law Center here in Santa Monica, the heart of Silicon Beach. I got to tell you, I'm very glad to be here looking at the storm that's hitting the East Coast. Um, but um, today is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and as we did last year, um, we pulled together a team of, of some of our past guests and. We're going to talk about some of the websites and apps and um, other things that we're thankful for. And um, it's a, somewhat of a fun episode, and I hope you'll um, enjoy it and maybe find it informative and have a few laughs with us. So um, without further ado, I want to introduce our, our very glamorous um, panel today. <laughs> and um, we start off with Brenda Christensen, um, who you all know very well. Um, she's been on this show at least a half dozen times, and um, and Brenda um, is the um, director of communications for um, Cantata in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, welcome, Brenda, and we have Pete Cronowit, um, a um, who is the involved in business development and a strategist for Intel Corp, but who's also a recording artist himself, and he's in San Francisco. Um, Pete, like myself, is a, a American University alum and East and uh, Washington D.C. refugee. Um, and then on the East Coast, um, I guess the only person really in the harm's way, uh, we have Dan Tynan, our esteemed writer, um, and hailing from Wilmington, North Carolina. How's the weather there? You know, we just had what looked like um, a small hurricane and some tornado warnings yesterday, but uh, it's clear right now. I think we'll probably survive. And um, are you getting rain or anything? And just um... it dumped. It dumped. It, the weather here has been absolutely nutso. It was down to 22 degrees the other night, which is this is North Carolina. That's not supposed right. to happen. Uh, and then up to 65 the next day in dumping rain. So who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Hailstorms, locusts, you know, rivers of blood. Could be anything. Wow. Um, yeah, rivers of blood, <laughs> that is quite biblical. Um, so without further ado, the whole purpose of this episode is to really talk about um, what are some of the new things on the web and um, or apps that we find particularly interesting, and who knows, maybe given today's um, circumstances, maybe a, a weather app might be the, the thing to talk about. Um, Brenda, why don't you start us off? Well, um, one of the things I think that's so important um, is not actually an app, but it's one of your um, sponsors is EFF, 
uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation. I'm friends with John Perry Barlow. And I think the work that they're doing there is so important to protect our liberties and um, our digital freedoms on the Internet so we can actually have a show like this and talk about our favorite apps. So I just wanted to kick it off with that. I think it's so important to set the stage about how important the Internet is to our freedoms. And I think that's a very good point, Brenda. I want to thank you for saying that. Um, on, our, on our blog, which is cyberlawradio.wordpress.com, um, we've highlighted, we've had, we're fortunate to have the cooperation of a number of you know, prominent people in the, in the industry and working with groups like EFF and Public Knowledge, um, you know, Halt Online Abuse. And um, so we, we've highlighted some of those groups that we've had over the past year and asked that, you know, as you consider your year-end giving, um, that you keep them in mind. I mean, EFF is doing a legion um, of a battle in the, on the effort on the National Security Association, um, you know, monitoring, and um, the public knowledge is actively involved in the litigation to protect net neutrality. I mean, um, and then plus all the work that's being done by those brave women on revenge porn. You know, just keep them in mind, and we really appreciate it. Um, so, who wants to to um, well, see Brenda's EFF and Razor one? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to double down on Brenda's EFF because they're on my list too, and for a lot of the same reasons. You know, there are, you know, every day it seems like there's a new uh, digital advocacy group, and you know, a lot of times you have to look underneath the surface and figure out who's really funding them because usually you'll find someone like Microsoft if you look hard enough. But um, <clears throat> EFF has been there for more than 20 years. They are my absolute go-to people when I need uh, a source for a particularly a particular issue like privacy or uh, net neutrality or copyright protections, whatever, because uh, they're always informed, they're always articulate, and they answer the phone. Uh, and more than any other, I really appreciate that group for kind of helping to keep the Internet from just going completely down the tubes. Peter. Yeah. I would say, you know, to, in, in kind of a alignment with EFF is kind of this whole arena of Linux. And, uh, you know, I've been involved with Linux for uh, more than a decade. And, you know, if, uh, I, you know, people are familiar with Linux, but it, it runs personal computers, it runs in cars, it runs about every wireless router, and now it's, it's shipping on um, phones uh, since Android has become the most popular smartphone, 1.3 million phones get turned on, get activated a day. Um, you know, this whole idea of freedom, freedom from, uh, you know, the, the, to be able to contribute software and ideas, which is, they're very closely aligned, is very essential. And this communication that we have even, you know, in this radio show across the Internet is all running on all this open source software that's been created. So when you talk about being thankful, uh, this uh, ability to collaborate is kind of the, the core of, uh, of what the Internet is based on. And, and are, you, are you at all concerned that the, um, the, the current NSA scandal will um, undermine future open source efforts? Or is, is, or is open source the answer to the NSA? Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're kind of in the right uh, approach there is that you know the the, the way to combat uh, some of the security issues is you know the, the transparency the transparency that's available in open source is one mechanism to to approach some of the secrecy that's uh, you know that's happening. You can really if you apply some of those methodologies, um, we can come up with some solutions. And there are some folks like especially for uh, voting rights. Making sure that there's transparency in voting um, would really help things for us to be able to have more of a democratic, democratic uh, um, uh, a level playing field. Well, I also, you know, transparency is one thing. It's it's it, it's not worth much if you can't vote. <laughs> and so, yes, it's transparent, but. I'm, I'm sorry, but um, we're not going to allow this group or that group to vote. And we're only going to have four voting machines in your area and uh, 100 in ours. But, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I do think that that's an important thing is making trusting the, the process, but then also making sure that the right people get invited to vote is also important. 
So um, what about in terms of you know, things that in the last year that you have been using um, that maybe you weren't using before or hadn't really discovered before that have been, that have been kind of very important to you or have really made things easier for you? Well, from a, just an absolute fun uh, perspective, you know, I, I bought some wireless speakers. I bought Sonos speakers and started streaming uh, radio over the Internet into my house, and that's really kind of transformed my living environment. You know, the fact that I can stream music from all over the world, I mean, we've been able to do that with, uh, with computers for a long time, but now to have high-quality sound that streams throughout your home and being able, be able to to um, have sources of that from really high-quality stations like Sonza, um, it, it's really been great. That, that's one thing that I'm really thankful for. And what, what have you listened to lately? Um, so there's this uh, service that I use called Sonza, and Sonza creates these really great playlists of uh, music that's, uh, that you can tailor basically for your own personal pace. The idea that they have... It, is that you know, walk into a record store and you talk to the clerk and you say you ask the clerk for a kind of genre of music and it's and it's so tailored to uh, nuances of of taste that you would really find the the music that you want. Is that is that going to be a problem? I think you know in discovering music. Um, you know, not that we no longer have record stores. You know, like the hair music or even blockbuster music. Um, you know the the ability to stroll and ask people to you know, can you play 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 this CD? Well, ben, uh, if, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to jump in, even though I'm not the musician. Uh, record stores haven't gone away, Bennett. In fact, they're making a comeback. Really? Uh, just like vinyl is making a comeback. Uh, yes, uh, and I've recently had the pleasure of shopping for records with my 14 year old daughter, who is suddenly all into music. Um, and thinks I have absolutely no taste whatsoever. And she might be right. Uh, and I rediscovered the joy and I, I had as a teenager wasting hundreds of hours going through record racks. So, um, and and when, I, when you say record racks, you're not, are you saying, meaning generically or you're actually talking about vinyl? I am talking about actual vinyl, actual black wow. things with grooves in them <laughs> that warp in the sun. <laughs> um, and in fact, vinyl is making such a comeback that they now have these remastered vinyl records that are insanely expensive, 100 bucks. There's a copy of Imagine by John Lennon in a local record store near me, 100 bucks wow. for that copy. Um, and what happens, of course, is then you put it on a, a device that not only plays it, but turns it into MP3 files or lossless ACC files or whatever, and so you can carry it with you. So now you have the best of both worlds. You have this great album that you can spend hours staring at the cover while stoned. And you also can listen to it on any device you have. Amazing. Um, and what I wanted to add to that was, you know, you asked about services we like, and I'm a huge Sonos fan. Uh, I've had a Sonos system for like five or six years. And the service that I discovered over the last year is one called Murphy. And Murphy, which is spelled M-U-R-F-I-E, uh, is out of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it's a place where you send your CDs to them. They turn them into MP3s, and you can listen to them. You can stream them on your Sonos or your phone or your PC, and they will hold on to your CD collection for you, uh, or you can trade or swap with other people. Uh, so whenever I want new music now, uh, because the prices are so good at Murphy, I can buy an entire album for 2 bucks or 3 bucks. That's incredible. So I don't go to iTunes anymore. I don't go to Amazon Music anymore. I go to Murphy and see if somebody has a copy of what I want to hear. So I bought a copy of London Calling just because I wanted to for 3 bucks. And so now I have London Calling on every single device, including my Sonos system. And is it true? So, has phony Beatlemania bit in the dust? It has. It has. And I am still lost in the supermarket. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and you know, there's a membership fee. It's like 49 bucks a year or whatever, but it's totally worth it. I'll have to check that out. I'm just really frustrated with iTunes having it, uh, it completely, an up, having an upgrade completely wiped out uh, my entire library. Oh, God, I'm so tired of iTunes upgrades. I could just shoot someone at Apple. Um, I'll, I'll get you a name. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to suggest that this show endorses violence. That was just... Uh, <laughs> A flippant response by someone frustrated about losing their um, music library. <laughs> You're such a lawyer. <laughs> but in any event, um, what about like pro- productivity things, things that you use to be- become more productive? 
on the web, or or is that just uh, not really an option? You know, that the web isn't really meant for productivity. I'm going to let Brenda handle that one because that's an obvious lead-in. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, my obvious plug is my own company, Cantata. Uh, we haven't shipped yet, but, um, you know, it's it's founded by the same guy who created ACT and SalesLogix, and he found that he was using email, you know, to collaborate and communicate with people, and he just thought, you know, we could do so much better than this. So uh, what he's done is he's blended the best of all these um, cloud apps into one app. Um, it's kind of like a mixture of Yammer and all the social networks and email and Basecamp, and it has workrooms. It's it's pretty bitchin', if I do say so myself. Obvious plug, but we've actually gotten a lot of great um, early industry buzz from the press and analysts, and uh, I think it's going to be a big hit. At least I hope so. And I I know I showed it to Dan, so. Uh, I think Dan liked it, but there, there really yeah, is. A, it'll be a big hit. <laughs> yeah, there really is a need for something like this. I don't know about you, but um, you know, most people I think have what, like ten to fifteen tabs open on their browser, and they're jumping from program to program, and it's just it's kind of that ball. I actually, yeah, I often have as many as eighty open. And, oh, you're uh, kidding. No, and surprise, surprise, my browsers are sometimes slow. But um, the uh, I think there's a there's a need for something you know um, to compete with Basecamp. I, I don't I never I don't know many people who are in love with Basecamp, um, but I think that, that that could be an area very well in need of of kind of innovation. Well, you know, one thing that I found to be uh, a very useful, which it seems it's finally coming into its own, is uh, speech-to-text. And, you know, as we move forward, if you project into the future with uh, devices becoming smaller, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be obviously at some point wearing devices that we can uh, get access to the Internet. You're going to have to use speech. There's no other alternative. You're not going to be able to type into a keyboard or uh, even a soft keyboard. So uh, I'm finding that the, the speech-to-text uh, software that's available, for instance, in the iPhone is actually pretty good. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was going to meet a client um, a little while ago, and I was I was stuck in traffic. And, you know, being responsible, I, I, um, I just did a, a speech-text. And I, I, I said... Um, uh, a, a word beginning with F and then the word traffic. And, um, <laughs> and and I was surprised and I looked down and it was F with a whole bunch of asterisks and then it said traffic. And I thought, how funny. And so then I took a moment to actually refresh myself on what were George Carlin's seven dirty words. And um, it had been some time. And, and sure enough, I have, you know, um, S P. <laughs> I have um, all the first letters of all the words except for mother, and um, with followed by a bunch of asterisks. So I thought that was kind of amusing. Um, <laughs> so it, it's um, we have um, it has become more sophisticated, but it's still wholesome. <laughs> Sometimes. Now, my, my wife, who is just nuts for Android these days, uh, and nuts for uh, Google Next, she is now. She spends more time talking to her handset than she does to me, uh, and she's always saying, "Saying hello, Google," which then alerts it and it makes a little noise, and then she just asks it a question and lets it go. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with Pete in terms of the uh, voice to text uh, voice interface has improved amazingly in the last couple of years. We are getting to the point where we may not have to do very much. I'm not going to say no typing, but we're doing far less typing than we have to. And, in fact, the speech recognition on my phone, which is a Windows 8 phone, is actually pretty damn good. And, yes, it, too, substitutes asterisks for when I say a naughty word. Wow. If only, if only Alec Baldwin had that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you might still have an MSNBC show. Um, so, um what what are some areas you'd like to see apps, or what are, you know ones that you're, you're you're curious about and you want to try out? Um, I think this show wouldn't be complete if we didn't address the subject of glass holes. 
um, Google Glass. <laughs> I went to demo this year, and it seemed like the trend was everything was wearable computers. Yes. And um, I actually went to Scoble's book launch party, and there was a guy there who went spent an entire week trying to find a pair of prescription eyeglass frames that worked with his Google Glass. And he actually had to um, intertwine the nose piece wires with his Google Glass. And he's quite proud of the fact that he spent about 12 hours at four different opticians trying to perfect this. So I think that the future is going to be wearable computers. I'm still waiting for my jet pack. But... uh, I, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't address all the potential apps that are going to come through. Um, Google Glass or is also a company that launched at Demo that had a smart motorcycle helmet um, that showed a 360 view of all the traffic and everything going on on a little screen within the helmet. That, that That's useful. I mean, I know there's a lot of press about the um, the woman who got a ticket for wearing Google Glass Right. And um, it wasn't because it was um, it was off, but um, the um, the but it was it was obstructing her view. Um, so um, that needs to you know, that that's that's the other problem is people need to be able to use it um, responsibly. And um, so I mean the traffic laws are still going to apply. Right. Uh, it's it's going to change society. Um, you know, it's going to impact privacy, security. I mean, think about it. There's, I think there was a story, I remember last year, there was some bar, and um, they've act, absolutely um, restricted anyone from wearing Google Glass in the bar, you know, because I guess nobody wants their wife to know that they're out boozing it up or something. Right. Or their <laughs> husband, necessarily. Right. Uh, so yeah. Theoretically, yeah. But... Um, the, it's it's interesting. There was a an app that came out in South Korea that allowed, um, you know, the, a spouse to monitor where um, the the spouse was, and then very quickly another app came out that allowed people to deflect <laughs> where they were. Um, so, but I, I also think it's going to lead to what uh, a new category I call, which is loser technology. Um, I think it's turning a lot of us into losers, and and that's saying a lot coming from a geek loser like myself. Well, um, one of the companies that launched a demo was this, this British company that actually had what was called a bed monitor. And you could put your entire bed on this disc and it would monitor your heart rate, um, your body mass, all these things. And, of course, someone asked the obvious question, well, what if someone else is in bed with you? And the company had, hadn't even considered that, you know. <laughs> Well, let me you know, given its audience, that may have been appropriate. Right. Um, the, I guess there is that. I mean, for example, I'm I'm reticent about Google Glass because, and you know, and further um, helmetization or armorization of uh, a technology because it there is that element of you you being in in it becoming part too much of a part of you, be it, it encapsulating you. And, um, you know, who's controlling who at that point, I guess, is there's always that concern. And I just, you know, I just don't want to hear, I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Janet. And I'm just going to say one last thing. Another company that um, demoed there was a great government military application. It was this ball, this smart ball that was uh, had cameras and, um, you know, audio devices on it. And basically, you know, for extreme situations and dangerous situations, you could throw this ball into a room and you could see everything that was going on in the room and sense everything that's going on in a room before, you know, paramilitary or military personnel enter the room. But, you know, you've got to think about, you know, both sides of the sword with these types of things. Um, you know, how will this be used, you know, for evil, even though the intention was for good? Right. Well, I mean, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say is, Last week, you're probably familiar with this, Bennett. The FTC had a hearing on what what's called the Internet of Things. Yes. And that's what you guys are describing, the Internet of Things. Right. And just like uh, I'm wearing a jawbone up on my wrist right now, which 
counts my steps. Uh, and my wife was also wearing a jawbone up, and so it counts her steps, and I can see how many steps she's taking during the day. She can see how many I have. She has a scale that tells me how much she weighs. I don't think she realizes that. Um, <clears throat> but it's all via apps on the phone. So uh, this is kind of like a trend that's you know, it's been our way a few years. It's really going to pick up steam next year. We're going to hear a lot about the Internet of Things, and there are a lot of questions to answer, like in terms of privacy and security. Uh, there, there, there already happens the consent decrees on that as well. But um, we're going to hear a little bit more about that after these messages. You're listening to Cyberlaw Business Report on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Why do over 15,000 small businesses love working with Infusionsoft? Because we believe in people and their dreams. We empower entrepreneurs and our groundbreaking tools help small businesses grow and thrive. We listen. We care. We serve our customers and we do what we say we'll do. We're always trying to find new ways to innovate and to improve our all-in-one sales and marketing platform. Most of all, from email to e-commerce, we help small businesses like yours succeed. Go to Infusionsoft.com slash radio to watch a free product demo. That's Infusionsoft.com slash radio. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. This is Bruce Clay, one of the hosts of SEM Synergy, the show about achieving synergy in your search marketing efforts. SEM Synergy, on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back like a rolling stone here, and uh, um, whether we're safe from the elements outside, but I'm hearing it is quite frightful and not delightful. But um, and we do have some place to go, which is um, to our second segment, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about maybe some people we're um, thankful for. Um, and and um, why don't we start off with Dan? Well. Uh, I have to say, on top of my list, and I know it's silly, is John McAfee. I don't know if people are, have been following. You the... took my answer. Yes, excellent. <laughs> I lived for that. So you, could, you could double down on me and, and, and add what I missed. But basically, uh, you know, McAfee has, been, has had kind of an interesting career once he sold McAfee to what is called now called McAfee and went off to start ecotourism and jungle pharmaceutical companies uh, and uh, sleep with a succession of, of young women uh, who are about 50 years younger than him and becomes a consultant to the Republican Party about Obamacare. I mean, this guy has a story arc that is just amazing. Uh, and he's really uh, capitalized on it using internet video. Uh, so if you haven't looked at any of McAfee's videos done over the last year, you need to look at them. They're not safe for work, but they are wildly funny. Are, are, um, would that be considered a threat assessment? <laughs> yes. Uh, he is a walking threat assessment, I think. 
I, I, you gotta wonder what is going on in McAfee's boardroom. What are they thinking? I mean, how how damaging <laughs> is this to the brand? Like, okay, well, I have background on that, and I'm gonna double down on Dan. Um, I worked for Secure Computing and uh, positioned them for merger acquisition, and they got acquired by McAfee. And luckily at the time, this all occurred while I was on uh, maternity leave, and I decided to leave the company as well. Because when I entered the security um, fold with Panda Security, my husband, who is friends with Kaspersky and all these um, Mm -hmm. very high-level people in security, I went to a top security picnic. They have an annual picnic. All the top guys are there. And they all talk about McAfee, and I don't think a lot of people are aware of how McAfee got its start. But the guy used to have a swingers bulletin board, and um, th- that's how he developed security software for his swingers bulletin board. And I, I was just shocked because I'm thinking to myself, well, Wait, you know, you're all- that thing. no, not at all. <laughs> but here's here's why McAfee is my hero. He proves that not all of us geeks are boring. True. True. (laughs) Okay. I do have I do have a caveat. So I, as Bennett said, this is Pete. I work for Intel, and Intel did acquire the company McAfee. But John McAfee has not been associated with the company for. There you go. (laughs) That is true. That that is that's very clear. And there's probably a lot of things he hasn't been associated with, and (laughs) one of them might be reality. But, um, so but. Any, he's in Belize. Where where is he? He's actually he just made the news today. I thought I I better uh, bing that. And uh, five <laughs> hours ago, he was evicted from his Portland, Oregon apartment for being cray cray, uh, and he escaped um, charges uh, that were brought up against him in Belize. And gee, I wonder why. Maybe he knows a little too much about government and privacy and security because um, at the time secure computing that I worked for, you know, they had the keys to the kingdom. They secured DOD and all the spook agencies. Wow. That's very X-Files. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he is entertaining, um, but it's just amazing that if someone who's completely clearly whacked out, um, if he says the right thing, um, he, he can be on Fox News. Well, there's so many whacked out people on Fox News, dude. I mean, where do you want to start? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's why I'm thankful for uh, Mr. McAfee. You know, he proves that, uh, you know, we're not all born geeks. What about you, Pete? Who, who in, in this community do, do you feel that we must give thanks to? Well, you know, I, I think just at the highest level, I'd like to give thanks to all of the stupid people. You know, <laughs> you know, if you think about it, we are so lucky to have the Internet to be able to spread news about stupid people so quickly. You know, you can see their antics almost immediately, whether it's through video or news reports. I, I, and, you know, it, it seems like what it's done, the Internet has been able to... to, to be able to understand that there's a heck of a lot of stupid people in Florida. And with that, I'd like to give a special <laughs> shout-out to our friend, George Zimmerman, for really living up to his, his potential <laughs> and getting arrested yet again with, you know, five guns and lots of ammo. Thank you, George Zimmerman, for, for proving uh, uh, to the world who you are once again. Well, and, and I'll, and to defend this, the citizens of your state, um, I actually have a, a – I just discovered this um, year that I have a cousin who lives down there and um, is actually running for Congress. And I think he's running in Zimmerman's district. Hmm. So we, we may be able to um, correct the, 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 the ways of that, that era um, very soon, we hope. But, um, yes, it is um, – the Florida is interesting having been there um, – you know, I was there election day last year, and uh, just seeing what was happening on the voting side was quite shocking. Um, I actually like to say you know, almost a nostalgic thing about the Internet, that what's interesting for me, one thing I'm going to be doing t- um, tonight and for tomorrow is I actually make a, um, a clam chowder for Thanksgiving. And uh-huh. I was, uh, I, in, in the series of moves, I actually lost my, my mother's uh, recipe. And uh, 
as well as a, a New York Times variation of it. And um, But I just Googled um, chowder recipes, and not only did I find um, a, a Rhode Island red chowder, but there was this um, amusement park where I grew up that had this um, short dinner hall that had um, that seated several hundred people at a time, and all they served was vats of chowder and clam cakes. And um, and I actually found the recipe for the dinner hall, the short dinner hall. And so that's what I'll, I've been the last couple of years. I've been making that Thanksgiving night. I mean uh, Thanksgiving Eve. And so um, thanks to that, I'll be doing that. And and thanks to the web, I even discovered. That the phrase um, New England clam chowder, excuse me, Manhattan clam chowder is not a point of origin, but it's a, a point of, um, it's a, a derogatory term that actually <laughs> it, it came from New England uh, where they had the white chowder and the, um, they actually have clear chowder there. It's just broth and potatoes, which is kind of boring. And um, the Portuguese fishermen came in, uh, they were the, kind of the next wave of immigrants. And they added tomatoes, and the, the local you know, Yankee fishermen were kind of appalled by that, and they thought they were trying to be uppity. So what's the, the biggest insult a New Englander can say to someone is to compare them to New York. And so they, they called it Manhattan Clam Charter. Wow. The things you learn by listening to Cyberlaw and Business Report. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and the other thing I've been uh, able to confirm, the um, thing where, where I grew up, is um, Thanksgiving um, is the last day of the high school football season. And it's, it's true in a number of states. I know D.C. is having their um, state championship and several states do that. Um, my school will be playing for the uh, – they've been playing since 1929, and that's not even close to the oldest. Um, and, and next, next door in Connecticut, there's a, there's a school – two schools that have been playing since 1875 – and one year, it was it snowed so much they they lost the ball. They couldn't find it. <laughs> so um, I, yeah, I I thank the internet for for those kind of being able to find those small discoveries, and I think um, I'm grateful for that. But um, so I would like to say, on the flip side of Pete, I mean, obviously the internet is great for distributing news about stupid people, but it's also the opposite. It's great for distributing news about smart people. And yes. one of the things I'm thankful for is Christopher Hadfield. Uh, and I don't know if you recognize the name, but he is probably the world's most famous astronaut at this point. Uh, he is the one who uh, was in the space, International Space Station for many months at a time, who recorded David Bowie's Space Oddity. Mm. And really? And made a video of it. Yes. And sent it back down to Earth. Uh, and it's it's beautiful. It's hypnotic. And he's a pretty damn good singer. Um and he has been, you know, entertaining people on Twitter. He has more than a million people following on Twitter. He has written out, written a book about what his life, you know, life as an astronaut on Earth. He has a series of YouTube videos, which were very funny, promoting the book. Uh, he's just like this character that who happens to also be, you know, a brilliant, you know, uh, scientist and, you know, has been an astronaut for 20 years. And I would not know a thing about him if not for the Internet. That is true. I mean, the, the, you know, and... Um... There are a number of people that fit the category, and some of the, the scientists who, who gets get um, frequent um, TV appearances, and you, you see them, and but it and they get distributed, and it's quite um, informative. I, I um, there's one guy whose name is just escaping me, but he's on Bill Maher all the time, and um, it was just quite hysterical. And I think the one thing is. Um, there is a lot of disinformation on the internet and that's what we battle and you know, be able to have someone that is universally recognized as credible is, is important. Yeah. Finding the, the folks that are uh, entertaining and smart, poignant, it, they do rise to the top. And you know, it's, if, if you spend time, it, you can find them. So it's, it's great that the internet provides that as well. So I got to agree with Dan. That's a great, great call. And, of and, course, many of them are here today. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so what about, I mean, are there any, like, apps or things that you've been, like, you just, just started trying or that um, you really want to kind of shout out and say, you know, people should take a look at, look at this? 
Well, there's an app uh, that I don't know how new it is, but again, I use it with my wife, which is called Glimpse, and it's G L Y M P S E, uh, and it's it's a where are you. Uh, app, which is you connect with someone on Glimpse uh, on their phone, they can send you a glimpse, which is you know, which is a way of saying, hey, I'm on my way, but I'm running late, and so I can see exactly where they are. I can follow them for a certain period of time, and you determine how long. Uh, so, for example, I was waiting for my wife to pick me up one day, and she had to cross uh, the Bay Bridge. We were in San Francisco, and I could follow her progress on a map on my phone and know exactly how long I had to wait, thanks to Glimpse, and it's. This kind of presence, aware location, but you're in control of it. That I think right. is one of the great things about having a smartphone. I mean, we talk yeah. a lot about you know the privacy implications and people gathering data, but the flip side is you can really use this. It can be extremely useful to know where someone else is. You know, there, there's another app called Waze. I believe that yes. app was that company was acquired by Google, but that that is a very similar type of uh, uh, functionality where. Uh, if you sign in, it records your uh, where you are in traffic, and then uh, if uh, it turns out that a very few number of people uh, being a part of Waze can actually determine traffic patterns that can be reported to a large number of people, and then you can it, it routes you if there's a traffic problem. It's it's a very clever technology. And just to double down on that, um, the feature actually isn't really on the person or the device they have, but it's actually in smart dust where you actually <laughs> sprinkle sprinkle the environment with RFID um, and it's constantly monitoring the environment. And, you know, of course, applications like this are shopping malls and um, they see people move through stores. They see the traffic, um, where they're headed, where the most traffic is. Um, you know, of course, it's, it's not opt-in on your own device, but um, when you enter a private um, commercial space, you're opting in. So um, I think that's an important also maybe future topic to talk about security and privacy when it's not even on your device any longer. It's actually around you and in the environment that, you're, that everything is being monitored. Yes. And there was a famous um, case of, I'm trying to remember what, who did it, but trying to walk, see how many miles they could walk in Manhattan while escaping cameras. <laughs> right, I remember that. And you know, it was it, he had to go somewhat of a circuitous route, but you know, but it made the point. You know, that we're so much of what we do now is observed. Um, but the question then is: the, Is there really a privacy implication of that if it's just compiled, um, but not really retrieved? Although but these that's... days, with with the NSA, that may not be an appropriate assumption. <laughs> So collected but not targeted, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. The problem. The problem with all of this data collection is, you know, it is collected and can be targeted at any time. And so, what's happening in particular? I mean, there's there's the Tinkerbell dust, but there's also, you know, just you, know, you walk into retail stores like Nordstrom's, for example, and you know they want to know where you go. They want to know what aisles you visit. They want to know what aisles you avoid. They want to know how much time you spent lingering looking at things. Exactly. They, they want to know if you want to buy, you bought stuff. And they're using things like the Bluetooth on your phone or the Wi-Fi on your phone to identify right. you as kind of a node, like a walking node. Uh, and most of the time stores do this, they don't tell you. Uh, they don't tell you and they don't give you the option to say, I don't want that happening. So there's going to be a lot more of this surreptitious surveillance uh, that you know might just be used in the aggregate, might never be able to be tied to your identity or your unique ID on your phone, but also might. And there's really no way of knowing. And that's kind of the scary part of the Internet of Things, uh, the things that, stuff that people like me are trying to talk about ahead of time before it becomes so ubiquitous that we can't do anything about it. Yeah, I think it's useful that, that they did have the uh, workshop on it. Because people aren't aware that with all these devices communicating back and forth, um, they may not be paying attention to what exactly they're communicating. And um, you know, a, a while back, um, you know, Cashmere Hill reported that all of a sudden GM realized that through its OnStar technology, they had all this data that they could now sell. And of course, they never disclosed that that's what they were going to do. And um, you know, when Cashmere revealed it, then they, they, they changed their minds. But you know, that that's going to be an ongoing thing. And, 
you know, we, we, there has been this one consent decree the FTC had in one of those cases where they, they were monitoring and they weren't disclosing it. And, uh, but it, we're going to hear more stories like that. And I think we're going to have people, you know, one of the things the FTC is troubled by in this area, um, as this technology and opportunities have evolved, has been the ability and to or the the tendency to jump first and think second, and um, the whole um, you know, not doing privacy by design, but by let's see what happens, and then oh, if we get caught, we'll come up with a remedy, and then we'll think about privacy. But um, we're going to have a little bit more privacy in the next few minutes because we're going to take a short break. When we come back, you'll be for the final segment of our Thanksgiving special edition. You're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report right here on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention, like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short-branded, attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike, for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. On demand anytime inside the entertainment channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. Um, A little word about some of our future programs we're going to have coming up. Um, Next week, we're going to have... um, one of the people responsible for Antigua's gambling laws and who's been very much involved in the whole dispute with the United States in which Antigua now is getting closer to getting on the verge of um, actually opening up what could be um, a legal um, uh, pirate um, iTunes in which they will sell pirated um, goods um, in order to um, repay and to reclaim their um, sanctions that were issued by the World Trade Organization. So we're going to talk about that next week. And then when we come the next week, we're actually going to have someone from the Garcetti administration who's going to explain their ambitious effort to um, actually make Los Angeles the nation's biggest gig city. You know, we are, now we have Charleston, excuse me, we have Chattanooga um, in Tennessee, um, Kansas City and a number of other communities are starting to crop up, but um, the nation's second biggest city under its new mayor, Eric Garcetti, wants to become the prominent, preeminent gig city. So we're going to have that in two weeks. So I um, just want to give you the heads up and um, be sure to listen to that. So um, very briefly, we only have a few minutes left. Um, what, are, what are some of the, the, the things you think we're going to be talking about next year? 
I want to hear more about the legal pirate stuff. How could you be both uh, pirated and sold legally at the same time? Well, basically what it, what it is is um, recognizing that Antigua has um, very little leverage vis-a-vis the United States. And, um, I mean, we haven't, they're so insignificant, we've never even invaded them. <laughs> and uh, um, There's still time. <laughs> it's it's a nice island. Um, I, I'd recommend it. But um, kidding aside, it um, they have they they were awarded something like two hundred thirty million per year under the um, the WTO um, trade dispute regarding their you know U.S. discrimination against foreign providers in online gambling, and so um, that's been out there since two thousand and six, and they haven't collected. So. Um, the WCO has authorized them to um, basically violate U.S. copyright laws to collect it, and huh. that would that would mean you know selling um, pirated American goods is really what they're, they're talking about. And so, for the last um, five years since you know, or seven, six years since two thousand six or two thousand seven occurred. You have this whole um, series of um, Antigua saying, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And the U.S. said, you better not do it, you better not do it. And then eight months later, it would happen again. But now actually Antigua is actually starting to move forward um, with the mechanism to actually set up this little pirate iTunes. I, you know, I call it the, the Rasta, the, the reggae pirate. And um, so it, it, it may, may come to fruition, although... Um, or it may just be an exercise of saying we this time we really really like really mean it, and um, so um, that's that's for certain it's going to be getting a lot of attention, and um, you know whether Antigua has the, um, the 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 daringness to to actually go and try to pull it off, knowing that um, the you know the whole U.S. corporate interest will be coming down on it, um, it is somewhat of a daunting. Uh, proposition for them but um we shall see we shall see now there is one thing i you know this since this is thanksgiving episode that um we we should highlight and um it's important because you know these this show takes a, a fair amount of work and a fair amount of expertise to pull off and um week in week out um we're able to do that um in large part due to the um the wonderful talent and expertise and dedication of one person, and that is Brasco, our producer, and uh, who just celebrated his um, something something birthday. And so, thirty-eight. Um, Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it definitely wanted to make sure that um, this this show and the success of the show is due in large part to the efforts of the aforementioned um, Brasco. Oh, and, uh, shocks. You shouldn't have. <laughs> so, happy Thanks. birthday to you, and um, we want to thank you for all your efforts. And um, what are you thankful for, Brasco? I mean, just to look at each and every month, we just get to see more new technology coming. This, I think we're just finding... I'm just, I like the fact that we're getting more things that are even more convenient we're getting you know, maybe some of the entertainment that we have, some of the things we have that entertain us. Maybe that we're getting some of the same stuff rehashed, but we're getting more of it. There's just so much content to take in, so much technology to get used to. And I mean, I mean, it's just I don't feel like going back. I, I like that we're getting new things where we're going to get to work with, whether it is wearable technology or if it is, you know, new auto, new automobiles, whether it's new things for your computer. New ways to look online, whatever there is. This technology just keeps me thankful. I, mean, I love what we're going, where we're going, and you know, I'm thankful that I have a radio network that you know, I can't the radio. The radio that I used to listen to years ago is pretty much dead or almost dead in the water. So at least radio has a new place to th- live and thrive, and that's what's important to me. And that's what I'm really thankful for. Spoken by the king of podcasts himself, Brasco. Now, this is—I just saw this over the wire, and I—I I have a feeling that this is very much an onion um, or similar source generated. But um, the uh, quote is: "Outraged by President Obama's actions today, 
California Congressman Darrell Issa has announced that he will convene hearings next week to investigate the president's parting of the turkey, who is now under subpoena to testify. <laughs> um, said Issa, the American taxpayers deserve to hear the truth about what the turkey knew, when he knew it, and what he was doing in Benghazi. So um, we only have a, a few minutes left, but um, any uh, any parting shots by, by each of our panelists? Any, any last words of wisdom for enjoying this um, long Thanksgiving, and unless you happen to work for Walmart or Macy's. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll throw out one, one additional thing that I'm looking forward to for the coming year. There's some new software platforms that are going to compete with Android and with uh, the Apple operating system. And those things, like there's one from Ubuntu, there's one from the Firefox, the Firefox OS, there's one that uh, Intel's working with with Samsung called Tizen. These new software platforms will give more choice to consumers, they'll lower the cost, and we'll see new uh, business models that start developing in geographies like that have not had access to technology. So finally, we'll see Africa come online and we'll see a remarkable transformation of culture. And I'm really looking forward to that. I think next year is going to be a very exciting year. You know, we had that. Uh, we had John Jeffrey, the general counsel of ICANN, and they recently had their um, meeting in this this summer in um, Durban, South Africa. And he gets to go, the highlight for the trip for him was actually a, a non-official event where he went and visited a school and they talked to them about technology, and they were so excited about the prospects of being hooked up and being interconnected with the world around them, which they were already were very much aware of. So, yeah, I mean, it would be nice someday to be talking about, you know, we've heard about the, the Asian tiger and the Celtic tiger, you know, to actually finally, you know, see the possible the potential of an African tiger. Here, here. Literally. So. Well, well, Ben, I'll, I'll weigh in and say I'm thankful for you. Well, thank you, Dan. That is very kind. Because <laughs> who else gives me the opportunity to be a complete smartass on the radio? Um, <laughs> And I am also thankful in a general way for, quote, the cloud, unquote. And, and the reason is, uh, you know, obviously you know, the Internet has been around for a while, but uh, the utility of it has really increased to the point where we are starting to get to the point where, you know, like Bill Gates used to say, information at your fingertips. It really is at your fingertips. Uh, and we haven't had that before. So I see that as a positive and something that I actually um, welcome, even if there are, you know, risks or dangers in it. You know, it, it's interesting. I remember there was a quote by Thoreau that said, "Man's possibility, man's capabilities are are unlimited, and yet so little has been tried." And we, we're starting to see, you know, the the wisdom of what he said, and um, you know, it, it is happening. Um, we are are expanding the 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 bounds of our knowledge. Now, and one thing I must say that I, I very much am thankful and enjoy is, you know, having you guys on the show. Um, you're very much a lot of fun to work. And, you know, granted, Doris Kearns Goodwin was, was a great honor and, and definitely stimulating. It's always a, a good, a good fun, and good laughs to, to have you guys on. So I want to thank you and uh, a great way to start uh, our Thanksgiving weekend here. And I uh, wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. And as to the listeners, I want to thank you for listening with us all this year. And um, I hope you will um, keep listening and as we move forward. Um, be sure to download our mobile app, and uh, you can take us anywhere. And, um, we don't get El Trip to fans, so we won't be napping, but you, you can be, we can be talking away while you are. So um, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and as we said, next week we'll be talking about Antigua, and, um, and after that we'll be talking about the Gigabyte LA. So um, stay tuned, and you're listening to Cyberlaw Business Report. This is Ben and Kelly. Court is adjourned. Now let's go get some turkey, everyone. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program 
are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.